Louise McSharry on 2FM. It is Sunday pop culture time and joining me this week is the absolute fountain of pop knowledge and wisdom beauty content creator Jen Morris. Jen, how are you? Good morning, Africa. I'm good. I'm good. Happy Easter. Happy Easter to you as well. How are things over your end? Oh, they're grand. Sure, I'm in the sunny southeast, so the sun is splitting the rocks. So, good day to be had. Get out for a nice walk. Delighted. We'll have a nice Easter. <laughs> where would you Where would you get it? Come here. I want to um, I want to talk to you about this. The first one, the first story this week. Lil Nas X came in on a Trojan horse. Mm-hmm. Tell me everything about what's go- gone on this week with Lil Nas X. So Lil Nas X, you may know him from Old Town Road. I feel like the world and their mother knew that song. Viral popularity. Um, and he's had a few hits since then. Yeah. But he recently released a song called Montero, Call Me By Your Name. And in the video, he speaks about a relationship that he had last summer. And Lil Nas X is an openly gay rapper. And that is a huge thing for the hip hop community because it's yeah. often looked down upon. It's spoken ill of in songs. So for him to come out and be so open about it, you know, it's absolutely amazing. Huge. And yeah. his vid, it's, it's huge. And his video, so the video is kind of a modern retelling of Adam and Eve and Temptation. And he ends up on a pole on the way to hell and he kills Satan and it's very, very controversial, you know, but he said himself, he said, you know, that people are always telling gay people that they're going to go to hell and things like that and then they become mad when they actually go, you know? So that was his whole idea for the video. This whole thing has kind of caused ructions on, let's be Mm honest, like a certain section of... um, Twitter say and online and that there's people all of a sudden like I I, I thought I knew that Lil Nas X was was gay, was a gay was a gay guy and then like but suddenly people seem to be horrified and shocked is it the fact that he's gay or is it the fact mm-hmm. that he's sliding down a pile to Satan which is it <laughs> I don't know. I feel like he was there. He knew what he was doing was going to be controversial, you know, but Mm. I think what happened was a lot of parents um, were on the Old Town Road bandwagon and he released a book called See Is For Country. Like he did a lot of kids stuff. But at the end of the day, he said himself, it's not my job to look after your kids. I'm a 21 year old man. I want to express myself. And this is his form of expression. And To be honest with you, like a lot of comparisons have been made, you know, people's reaction to this video versus Doja Cat released a video for the song Streets about a week ago. Yeah. And she's a black widow who's preying on this man. She's doing the exact same things that Lil Nas X is doing, but it's a woman and a man. It's a more traditional relationship. So what's the real issue? That's what a lot of people are talking about. And that's what seems to be, that's what seems to be set off. You you make a really good point in that I had forgotten how Mm -hmm. Old Town Road was like the kids anthem for like a full year I totally forgot about that so I can under like in one way I can understand how it might have been a bit of a shock if you weren't if you had never googled (laughs) X beyond Old Town Road but like and I know Rihanna said something similar it's not it's not his job to look after people's kids that's everyone that's their parents (laughs) yeah exactly and he is he's he's growing up he's developing as an artist and he wanted to make a statement to say I am no longer a kids artist. Like yeah. I'm not, I want to 
come out and really come out and tell you this is who I am. This is a statement on black queerness mm-hmm. and I am going to show that and I'm going to be who I am. Um, so I think more power to him for it. And he knew the controversy was going to happen. Like he yeah. knew that this was going to drive sales. It's number one on iTunes. It's it's yeah. everywhere. Everyone is talking about it. So he's 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 a smart man. Like tell me the tell me the crack with the shoes just quickly because I know that he um it came out it was, there was kind of a there was a collab and then Nike kind of distanced themselves yeah. from it a little bit. So what happened there? So there was a collaboration that he did with a company called Mischief and Mm -hmm. it was actually not affiliated to Nike in any way. They just bought these shoes from Nike. So a couple of years ago, the brand had actually done Jesus shoes. So the Jesus shoes were filled with holy water and they sold again. They were limited release. So they decided to do a Satan shoe and they did a limited release. They did 666 of them released and yeah. they all sold out but Nike are calling them for them all to be recalled now because Nike don't want to be affiliated with that okay. like the shoes were red soles there's rumoured to have blood in the soles and you know there's a quote Luke ten eighteen, which is something along the lines of falling like Satan falling from heaven so Obviously, again, controversy marketing. Yeah. He knew this was going to be controversial, um, but Nike are suing them and you, I don't think you want Nike on your case. Yeah, you don't want to be that's in court. That's all I'm saying. You don't want to be in court with Nike. You don't want to get into a situation <laughs> where not. that's where you're going to be. Um, listen, okay, so that's Lil no. Nas X and um, Montero, call me by your name. The next one, right? So this is Zola. Tell me about this. First of all, okay. why is it a movie? It's a 150 tweet story turned into a movie. Please tell me what's happening here. So Twitter turned 15 at the end of March yeah. and a lot of people are sharing their favourite moments on Twitter. Like it's Rebecca Vardy's account came up a few times. The Susan Boyle album party came up. You know, there's a lot of moments that have been happening on Twitter. Oh, it's, that was a fantastic, fantastic moment. I don't know how that passed the marketing test, but the Zola story is. So in 2015, Zola, who's still very active on social media, she's a stripper and she tweeted, y'all want to hear a story about this B, how this B and me fell out. And it's long, but it's full of twists. And what followed was the longest thread on Twitter history, I believe. It's 148 <laughs> tweets long. And it's about a trip to Florida and like an off the cup trip where they go to make some money and like crazy, crazy things happen. And you're reading the thread. If anyone wants to see it, I'll share it on my Instagram today. It's at Jen.Morris. Oh, yeah. But um, I'll share it on there. But the thread is just when you think it gets, oh, it couldn't get any worse than this. It just gets crazier. There is money involved. Guns, drugs, everything. Wow. Um, so a producer actually saw this and decided to make a movie of it. And it premiered at Sundance, I think almost two years ago now. But it's starting to come in for general release now. Oh and God. I so cannot wait to the, see it. This is in the pipes for ages then, is it? It's actually been made, like it was released, I think, two years ago. Okay. Um, but it was very limited release. I think it was like basically doing the, not the tour circuit, but the like the Sundance, what's that? that, like yeah. award circuit kind of thing. The festivals, you're yeah. right, yeah. So it was doing the festival circuit, but now it's been brought for general release and it just looks mental. Amazing. Like absolutely crazy. It sounds like the bo- kind of so I cannot wait to see that you'd want to get involved in. To be fair, like there's, if, there's oh, but body comedy. But they like from about I'd say fifteen tweets in, she was like, 
I knew this girl was not the one for me. <laughs> like she knew. I love, I love to actually 100% going to, to watch it. The other thing. Oh, I can't wait to see it. I think it's going to be fantastic. Dying to see it. The other thing I wanted to say to you was uh, there was this thing this week as well. Um, where songwriters signed an open letter which called on artists to stop taking credit for hits that they didn't write. What was going on there this week? So some of the biggest pop pop songwriters have actually joined forces. So when you will write a song or when you work on a team that writes a song, usually there's about five songwriters in any hit song that comes out. You will get publishing money on that. So basically every time the song is used, it's like royalties, you'll get publishing money and that is how they make their money. For instance, like I know Jessie J said when she wrote Party in the USA, it paid her rent for like three years in LA. Like like there's a lot of money to be made in publishing. Mm -hmm. But it seems that a lot of artists... Artists? (laughs) (laughs) want to be seen as the songwriters and they want to be seen as the collaborators. So there's kind of a bullying happening where they're being placed on the song and they're going to make the money through touring, through merchandise, through sales and things like that as well. So they don't really need that publishing money. So artists are asking now like that there should be some kind of almost unionization, I believe, um, that the pact is that they're going to fight back and say that if you haven't written the song, you shouldn't be a featured artist on it. You shouldn't be listed as a writer. And this all came out because there was reports of songwriters of some hit songs that we all know and love. Lewis Capaldi songs, a few of the weekend songs. We're driving Ubers just to make ends meet. And they're writing these huge songs for celebrities that are making millions. That is And wild. they can't make ends meet. So, yeah, so I think I think it's really I think it's a really positive thing. Like I've seen stories before. I think it was Ti puts his daughter on as a writer who at the time was a toddler, yeah. so that she would have money for her whole life. Wow. You know, so it is splitting that money like for changing a word you might change one word of the song and you're like well I wrote that I get you you know that kind of way and they have the like what you say about the performers having other avenues in which to mm-hmm. make the money back whereas the writers don't actually this is the the publishing rights is their sort of their one way to to do it I guess is that right mm-hmm. that's it like the publishing yeah. rights because that's I suppose it's their bread and butter like you know that's them writing the song they're not the ones in the front that are performing it they're the ones that are the creatives behind it and I think in any industry like I'm sure you know Africa as well working in a creative industry working in media like there's always when you're coming up or when you're working in the business there will be people that will take advantage so it's not really surprising to see it but it's unfortunate just just in case uh, no absolutely not that's never happened Jen I don't I have no idea what you're talking about that's crazy never yeah no absolutely not come here we're going to take a break in in two minutes but we're going to do this first so um, Knives Out right I loved Knives Out I thought it was so good so good it was like a game of Cluedo in a film um, it was amazing but so the f- the first film cost 40 million what's been going on with um, Knives Out this week was there a, a sequel in the works wasn't there so there's a sequel in the works they're trying to do Knives Out 2 and 3 and I totally agree with you there Africa as well 
I don't think in a, the longest time before yeah. I watched Knives Out have I had a film that like literally to the last minute you're like oh oh, oh like your your heart's in your throat you can't so see good. any of the plot points yeah. you can't see any of the twists it's so good <laughs> and uh, Daniel Craig pay, plays Benoit Blanc um, who is like <laughs> I tried to do the accent that there, was beautiful. <laughs> Um, but he's like a detective, an absolute sleuth that's trying to figure out this crime. Is it a crime? Is it not a crime? Who yeah. knows? Like, we don't really know. Yeah. Um, but they basically there's been fighting over it, and Netflix are Netflix are near closing a four hundred million dollar oh deal for Knives Out two and three. And as you said, the first movie only cost only yeah only uh 40 million um it cost 40 million but it grossed about 130 million so i feel like netflix are getting a good deal here if they're going in for 400 million because i think people will be dying to see it it in fairness like the cast was outrageous you'd Mm -hmm. like jamie lee curtis you daniel craig so many other like christopher Plummer. i think it was as it was one of his um one of his last films, I think, mm-hmm. before he died there recently. But it was just, it was so good. So it kind of, I don't know how it only cost 40 million, but I can see why it grossed what it did. And I can I see know. why there is now like a war. Yeah, I feel like when they read the script, though, it's the classic whodunit because everyone is a suspect. It's like Cluedo. Yeah. Every single person is a suspect. They're all there being interviewed. And it's like, I feel like if you were an actor and you read the script, it would be the kind of script you would be excited to definitely. be a part of. Yeah, definitely. 100%. So we're in for a treat, I would imagine. I'm excited. We have a couple more stories to um, chat about in a couple of minutes time, but I'm actually going to play uh, Lil Nas X Montero because it is just a tune, like generally. So mm-hmm. we're going to do that now. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with uh, Jen for more pop panel after this. Louise McSherry on 2FM. It's Africa in for Louise this weekend. I hope you're all very well. It is 11 minutes to... Uh, what time? 11 o'clock. What's happening to me? I don't understand it. Uh, Jen is back with me for the last bit of the pop panel today. Jen, I wanted to talk to you about this. Of all the stories this week, I was like, why is this happening? Ariana Grande is joining season 21 of The Voice as a coach. Why is she doing this? I'm, I'm kind of into it. I, I feel like it's a good thing. I know, so totally like, is, should... but she's like, a, she's at her peak. Yeah, but you have to imagine, I suppose, at the moment, they can't tour, they can't do any kind of performances or public appearances or anything like that. So she's probably a little bit bored. She wants something to do. So she's going to be taken over from Nick Jonas, um, okay. who obviously has plans. <laughs> and she is going to be joining Kelly Clarkson, John Legend and Blake Shelton. But I think she's going to add a really fun element to it and probably revive it somewhat as yeah. well. Because... The whole singing competition trope, it has been dying to death over the last kind of couple of years. That is true. People are kind of getting sick of it. And I feel like when The Voice initially launched, it was so exciting and fresh and new because people were just being judged for The Voice. And it was so different to like X Factor or Pop Idol or anything like that. That's true. Um, But I think she's going to inject like a real freshness into it. So I think it's a good thing. I don't I'd say they paid her handsomely. Yes, I would imagine that she's not doing it for nothing. But I No. But she's like, it it just surprised me because it feels like one of those things. I think you're right, actually, when you say that, of course, they can't tour and they can't do their their various bits and bobs or whatever. So 
it it does make sense and she will be amazing because she's actually mm-hmm. she's very good like she's just she's really good in interviews and stuff like that so I think she'll be deadly but it was just really surprising because I was like this is peak of power get for the voice yeah you it's know? not really a move that you know it's not really a move that you would have expected no but I would imagine as I said like I feel like they probably paid her handsomely they're trying to inject some freshness into it because like realistically like John Legend Kelly Clarkson Blake Shelton they're probably not the coolest demographic they probably have a bit of an older true demographic whereas Ariana is very widespread so she'll probably bring in a younger audience yeah um and I think people would be excited to see her coach people and how she kind of relates to them because I think everyone loves Ariana because she's been through so much yeah, and totally like there's been so many difficulties in her life so I think everyone is really rooting for her yeah definitely. so it'll be interesting to see her as a coach and how she relates to the contestants and the Arianator wherever she goes the Arianators will follow obviously <laughs> so they have that this is true they have that too the other thing this week was that the Oscars uh, just found out what time zones are Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be like them no. to think that America was the only place in Not the world. Not at all. So what basically happened? The, the Oscars put out a statement basically saying if you weren't at the event, if you couldn't attend the event, there was going to be no zooming into the event. There was going to be no virtual attendance to the event because apparently to the Oscars, the pandemic does not exist. <laughs> and also other countries do not exist. Love that so for them. basically they've had to backpedal a little bit on themselves and make hubs all around the world so they're making hubs in London and Paris places like that so people that are not in the US that are not able to travel can actually attend the award so they will be zooming in kind do you know, of like when you see, from a hub do you know when you see something like this happen and you're just like how did that original thought make it through 14,000 layers of people and nobody said uh, guys sorry just a quick one for you there's actually an entire <laughs> globe <laughs> needs to get involved in this it's bizarre isn't it it was really bizarre that they came out with such a strong stance on yeah. it as well considering that there's so many countries in around the world including ourselves I suppose that are still very much in the grips of it exactly and you know for them to say well if you can't be here that's it we don't care <laughs> that's on you, you know, guys it was a yeah, it was a bit of a spoiled brat kind of moment. It really was. Uh, but they definitely had to backpedal, like, because there'd be so many people that couldn't attend and that are based in the UK or internationally. They have a whole section for International Movie of the Year. So, realistically, those people are going to be all over the world. So, they had to backpedal yeah, and let people come to it virtually. Now, as well, they said the event itself in these hubs will be more like a cocktail party rather than the traditional sit down, the meal, all that kind of stuff, because. <laughs> they don't want to have that many people in a room at one time. Okay, yeah, so I, I think it. it's going to be kind of like how they did the Grammys. Yes. The Grammys yeah. was like 30 people. There was a rotation. Beyonce appeared all of a sudden <laughs> um, and it was wondrous. She materialised. Um, yeah, exactly. She did. Megan Thee Stallion went up to collect her award and looked down and she was like, oh, she, <laughs> like Beyonce was just sitting there. That was actually brilliant. Finally, right? Just the last, last, last one, I promise. Uh Madonna's sexy photo during for sexy photos during the week completely overtaken by the pot of Suda cream in the background. 
Ryan. I, like, I think this is hilarious. <laughs> so Madonna is obviously a very body positive woman. Yeah. She loves posting pictures of herself. The yoga has her looking great. She does. And she posted some saucy, saucy images uh, last week. Yeah. But what everyone was obsessed with was there was a pot of pseudocreme in the back. And people were like, one of us, yeah. one of us. <laughs> That they found the pseudocreme. And she has this skincare line that's so outrageously expensive. I know. But then everyone was like, the pseudocreme. It's the pseudocreme. It's the not t- the skincare. It's the pseudocreme. An icon for an icon. That's all you get. That's what. It, that's all it is, is it? You, just, you have to use yeah, the most exactly. iconic hero product. <laughs> and I feel like everyone is so excited because I didn't know this. I don't know if you were aware of this, that pseudocreme is an Irish product. Made, made in, in Bardoyle. It's yes. still made. Yes. <laughs> so I think everyone was like, you know how we get very patriotic over Indeed. anything. Yes. The minute everyone found out Sudacream was Irish, we were like, ah, like come on. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm... poor Madonna was completely overshadowed by a little grey tub behind her. Well, it's her, her own fault. She, she'll keep it out of the frame in future if she, does, if she wants to get all the attention. <laughs> Jen, you're so, so good. Listen, thanks a million for coming on to chat to us today. It was just such a laugh. Um, have a fab Thanks weekend, and you Louise too. will be chatting to you soon. Thanks, Emil, Jen. Louise McSherry on Two FM.